Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster.
Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I'm your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at directionsuniversity.com and the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. So today we have on the show um, Gary Ryan Blair, who... Uh, you guys are really in for a treat, <laughs> really in for a treat, uh, and you'll hear why in just a second. Known as the Goals Guy and the number one best-selling author of Everything Counts, Gary has cracked the code on what it takes to get 10 years' worth of results in just 100 days. Gary uses a no-nonsense, highly focused, and disciplined approach to transform results for people all over the world. His clientele is a who's who of in the areas of sports, business, entertainment, and politics. In fact, over 60% of the Fortune 500 use his products and services to build and sustain superior 60% of the Fortune 500 use his products. Just thought that was uh, worth repeating. I hope you have a pen and paper ready, uh, as we will be discussing the secret to rapidly and significantly increasing your performance, how to make progress by large jumps instead of small increments, how to supercharge your career and dramatically increase your earning power, how to make a huge dent in the world and rip the lid off any past performance, and how to finish the year strong. You know, Gary is the best example of leverage I have ever met. I don't know how else to say it, Jack. He is totally, totally brilliant when it comes to leverage in business. And about 10 years ago, he started something called the 100-Day Challenge. And the whole point to the 100-Day Challenge is to help people finish the year strong. And they do that by using goal setting to really help them get further faster and figure out both where they want to go and how they're going to get there. Since the challenge started, he has had hundreds of thousands of people go through this program. And over and over again, he's revamped it and improved upon it, used what he's learned from all of the people going through it to make it even better. His goal this year is 250,000 people going through the challenge just this year alone. Isn't that incredible, Jack? That's that's practically a quarter of a million. I've done my right? math, and that's a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. It's a whole lot of people. Big goal, right? And he doesn't stop there. In between when he launches the challenge, which is the last 100 days of the year, he also does a few other things throughout the year. First off, he also has the challenge relaunched a couple times during the year. 
usually somewhere around the second quarter and then again around the third quarter so that people throughout the year can continue what they did to finish the year strong. And it doesn't stop there either. After that, one of the biggest ways that Gary ends up getting leverage is through licensing. And this is the part that really blew me away, Jack. He's on his way, he says. Uh, With licensing, in between the launches of the challenge, Gary actually licenses the challenge on a white-label basis to large corporations. And they use it internally to help their employees with goal-setting, productivity, efficiency, and really making the whole company stronger as a result. Jack, can you watch the control panel and when Gary gets here, unmute him, please? Absolutely. Let me get logged in. Awesome. Thank you. So I'm really looking forward to having Gary talk to us today about how he's done this because it is one of the most brilliant examples of leverage that I have ever seen. Remember about a year ago when you and I first heard what Gary was doing, Jack, how totally blown away we were? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we may have Gary now. Hello, indeed, Gary. Indeed you do. Late, but uh, but let's make this happen in a big way. Sorry about that. <laughs> Our Leverage Masters helicopter was following you as you were driving into the studio, and uh, we were monitoring your progress the entire time. Outstanding. Yeah, Gary, nice to meet you. Man, Gina just won't stop talking about you, so it's, it's, I'm glad that we finally got to talk today on the hey, radio. <laughs> pleasure, my man. Well, what's, what's going on, man? We, we, uh, we want to talk about the 100-day challenge about uh, September 22nd, or what's on your mind? Well, we have to start you out like we start out everyone on the show, and, and I don't even imagine what the answer to this question might be, but we'll give it a shot. What is it that excites you right now? What gets you out of bed in the morning with a fire burning in your belly to do that thing you do? What is it that you're super excited about now? Well, I'll tell you, I, I can speak to uh, today, uh, and it, it plays a lot to it, but I actually I, I don't think I've been in bed for, for, for three days without a couple little cat naps. <laughs> So obviously, right now with the uh, with the launch of the 100 Day Challenge, September 22nd, and, and kicking that off, and really impacting as many lives as possible, that's really that's really my primary motivation and driver right now. But really, what gets my mojo working? It really is to to make an impact and to to create a community, a worldwide community of people who are committed to excellence, but also who understand that the vehicle to freedom is only going to be achieved through self-reliance. And all the skill sets, if you will, in order to become a self-reliant human being are so extremely important. And let me just paraphrase it and say this. Um, the, the, it, you know, people think about it like superpowers, you know, what, what's, whether it's Superman or this, and they could fly over buildings. And the greatest superpower, the, the single best skill that anybody can develop is the ability to create a result, to start with nothing and turn it into something. And then more importantly, if you could turn it into something quickly, something tangible, profitable, and that you could produce or generate revenue from consistently, that's the mark of brilliance. And that's what I focus on doing. I love Sometimes that. Sometimes I wonder. Go ahead, yeah, Go ahead, Gina. 
<laughs> I was just going to follow up with that. Uh, is this just a young person's game? I remember all the things that are in your description in your, in your intro here today and the things that I've read about you um, and what you do and how you just described it. And I can't help but think, is it because I used to do this stuff, like constantly, like always be there burning the midnight oil and doing all that stuff. But I, then I had a kid, and I got older. And is this just a young person's game, or do you work with people – you know, uh, later who slow down a little bit and don't like to do the, I mean, you just mentioned that you hadn't been in a proper bed for three days. Do you, is that what's required of, of, of achieving goals or is it just that's who you are and you couldn't possibly sleep even if you could find a bed because you're so well, excited? <laughs> it's partly both, but, but the answer is, the answer really is yes and no. But let, let me speak to where I was coming from just a minute ago. Whenever you do any kind of a campaign like I'm involved with, think about like when Apple launches an iPhone, how much activity and, and all planning and, and just paranoia and, and mm-hmm. just minutiae that, that leads right up to the very second till you go live. Well, that's just where I'm at. You know, I'm doing interviews and speaking with people on God knows, I don't know how many even different countries in the last few days. So, you know, it's, it's a worldwide global reach, and I'm in a sprint to get the word out as quickly as possible. So it requires me to be up. But here's the thing as it relates towards it. Is that what it takes in order to achieve your goals? The answer is no, okay? Well, what you need to be able to do is take the time to step back and realize that the single best thing that any of us can do is to learn how to deploy a strong offense. In deploying a strong offense, the beauty of that, it shows you how to get more done with less effort and get it done faster. And Gina used the word leverage before. And, and that's what we're talking about here is using all the principles of leverage in order to get maximum result with minimal effort. That's what leverage is all about. And that, unfortunately, where people intellectually, they hear the word, they understand it, but they truly don't know how to apply it because behavior never lies. Mm. It's not demonstrated in their actions. So, yeah, I hope that provides a little bit of clarity. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you know, and uh, – we didn't use a lot of leverage as youngsters, right? In our 20s and 30s, we, we didn't use an awful lot of it because we just had sheer willpower and all the energy in the world. And, we, and you know, you typically get placed in jobs where that's a requirement when you're younger. You're working your way up. You can't be management yet. You can't get executive yet because you've got to, you know, pay your dues. Well, part of that is also physical because you're also going to have to stay all night tonight and maybe two or three more times this week and all that kind of stuff, and these old guys can't do that anymore. And they earn their way out of that. And so it kind of seems like, um, you know, we learn about leverage as we go because you still have to produce and you still have to make things happen when you, want, when you have goals, right? And, but if you don't have the ability to, to just grind it out and 10X it and all that kind of stuff that all the youngsters love to talk about, uh, you know, you, you have to find leverage in your life and in your business and everything that you're trying to do, right? You do. And if, if you give me the luxury of a couple of minutes, I'll give your audience something that will blow their mind. Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. This is important for us to go back to Renaissance times, okay? But there's something called a simple machine, and most of us were never taught this in school. And I just happened to stumble across this 20 years back myself. But a simple machine can be defined as the simplest mechanism, mechanisms, if you will, that use leverage as an advantage to multiply force. These are what you would call the original force multipliers. Now, on a drastic scale, let's just use, let's make a real simple thing. 
with a shovel, there's only so much that a human being gonna, is going to be able to do in terms of planting a bush or running a nursery. However, with a backhoe, my goodness, you could basically clear out acres in a, in a matter of hours where it would take you days, weeks, months, or even years to do it with a shovel. So at what happens is technology or the, the advancement of, of technology allows us to leverage it in the form of a backhoe and get much more done. Well, what are the key simple machines? Well, these are the things that go back to basically all society is driven upon, which allows human beings since the dawn of mankind to get anything done. They are in order. A lever, a wheel and axle, okay, a pulley, the inclined plane, the wedge, as well as the screw. So let's go back to the screw for just a second for the standpoint of being a force multiplier. If you had a screwdriver and your job was basically as a yeah, – you were sitting there working on a, on, a, on a – you're a carpenter putting on a roof, it would take you quite a bit of time in order to put on that roof. That's the way it's going to go. Okay, I got it. However, if, you, if I put it and I connected that to, to, uh, to electricity and gave you a power drill – uh, my goodness, to put a Phillips head screwdriver on it, you can put an entire roof on it in, in just a couple of minutes. It's amazing what you can get done by using the tools and principles of leverage. So we have to sit back and realize that everything is leverageable. So I'll give you some examples. People need to leverage their health to ensure longevity through regular exercise. You need health. You need energy. It's all the more reason why you've got to be in excellent physical shape. You want to leverage your attitude by remaining hopeful and optimistic. You want to leverage opportunities, every single opportunity, by over-delivering, by exceeding the expectations, and by, all, by making it a habit of going the extra mile. You want to leverage your time by having clearly prioritized activities and daily action plans. You want to leverage your reputation and your credibility by honoring your promises, by keeping your commitments, by doing what you say you're going to do. This is just the way that it goes. You want to leverage every first impression so that it becomes a lasting impression. It's one that sends a message to the person you're communicating with. So every person, every place, everything, every situation has a leverage equivalent, and you have to take the time to look at it that way. And again, most of us aren't trained with that perspective in mind. Awesome. That's perfect. I mean, that's why we wrote the Leverage Black Book. Was was the second point in in uh, your uh, introduction here? How to make progress by large jumps instead of small increments? And I think you pretty much brilliantly just described how that is done, right? It is. And as I mentioned before, you need to play a strong offense. So let's just let's put some meat on the bones here. You know, strategy, people always have all these different terms and names for it, but at the end of the day, there's really only two forms of strategy. There's offense and defense. I want you to think about this. If you're playing chess, basketball, baseball, rugby, lacrosse, you name the sport, the game, whatever, you're, it's either offense or defense. That's it. When mm -hmm. it comes to success in life, the single best thing that you can do is to, is to engage in what is called a strong, relentless offense. Now, when you, give you an example. When you're late for a meeting, when you aren't prepared, when you, I don't know, don't follow through on commitments, people start questioning you. And they're like, why were you late? Why didn't you follow through? Why didn't you honor your promises? Then you spend half your life playing defense, trying to defend why you didn't execute a solid offense in the first place. So you always have a choice. You can always deploy vir vice or virtue. You could always mm. choose to deploy an offensive strategy or a defensive one. Unfortunately, most people, because they're asleep at the wheel, you know, they make mistakes and all of these different things, and then they wind up just spending so much time and collateral and resources defending a bonehead move that never should have happened in the first place. I wonder how many times uh, in my life I have put myself in that position and not even known what it was that I did to put myself there. 
<laughs> that I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I spending all this time? I mean, I'm, I'm not making any progress. This is not progress. I'm defending things. I, I messed up. I did something wrong. Maybe I realized that. Maybe I didn't. I wonder if that's um, some part of that is subconscious on a lot of people's part, and they don't know why they're stuck. You know, it, it, it's, it would hard, be hard to argue that one away, but here's, here's what we can do. Let's focus on what we know we can, we, we can have control over. You know, people have always said to me throughout my life, and, and I have a tendency of questioning everything, but I've always heard there's only one thing you can control, it's what you think. And that's not true. There's really three things. So we have to look at life through a series of cause and effect relationships of which there are only three causes. There's what you think. These are your beliefs. Your beliefs are either going to empower or disempower. They're going to take you towards or away. They're going to be helpful or hurtful. What you say, and this is not just your verbal words, it's what you type. And we look nowadays to how many people get themselves in trouble with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and you know mm-hmm. whatever else because what they, what comes out of their mouth winds up putting them eventually in a defensive position. And then the last is what you do, your actions. This is why I always say behavior never lies. You have three control over these. And to take just the opposite approach that Bush did when he, when he launched the war, we're going to call these weapons of mass production. These are the tools that you have in order to produce a result, and there are only three, what you think, what you say, and what you do. So in your case, if you go back to the example you were, you were using before, and, and, and I know you were, you, were, you, were, you were using yourself as an example, but this is, applies to everybody. The fact is we can only connect the dots backwards. So what you do is you sit back and say to yourself, what was I thinking? What were my beliefs? What was I saying or what did I write? Okay, and what did I do? What were my actions? The, the, the DNA of success as well as failure will be found by analyzing those three things. Awesome. I love how simple it is. I was waiting for a 52-point plan to rectify and, and, and clarify that situation, and you, you had a three-point plan. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> So, so the hundred day challenge. How does that affect? Every, I mean, how, what? Give us a little broader view of what you've done in the last ten years. What What does this represent in terms of the people that you've affected? Uh, I mean, can we go in that direction now? Because I, I really want people to get a sense of of what you have accomplished with this thing over the years. Listen, I'll, I'll be happy to. Well, let's, let's lay the foundation as to what this whole thing is all about, and then I'll, I'll give you any, as many examples as you'd like. The, 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 the foundational premise of the program really was based on one question. How do you create radical results fast, and how do you do it consistently? And I think that's a good question to sit back and think about. How do you create radical results fast? How do you do it consistently? And I think if we were to add another word, how do you do it honorably? How do you do it with integrity? Because the, the whole saying, just do it, sounds wonderful. But, you know, there's a lot of people a lot of people know how to do it, but they don't know how to do it with integrity, do it with honor, and do it with, with uh, you know, with, 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 in the best interest of the public, if you will. All right, so that being said, here's, here's the idea. When I was younger, I had a long-distance phone business I started in college, and I only had a limited amount of time when I could actually go out and sell. It was actually Friday when I didn't have classes, Friday and Saturday. So I decided that the only thing that I could do was to challenge myself and to get as much activity done on Friday and Saturday as most people would do Monday through Friday in five days. So in a day and a half or two days, how do I get as much done as somebody did in five days? So I blitzed it. I just challenged myself and said, okay, yesterday I hit 50 doors. Today I'm going to hit 51. Next day, 52. And it was always just an increase of one or two or five or whatever. 
And what I found after I started speaking with other people in the industry, sales reps, that I was making more money in a day than they were making in five. And as I continued to increase the challenge, that, that continued to – those numbers started to multiply in the same way that compound interest multiplies because eventually the numbers game works in your favor. Okay. So I applied that to every, everything that I've done over the course of my entire life. Now, I learned this in my 20s. I'm now in my 50s. So I've got 30 years of playing compounded effort as, w- as well as playing a strong offense and blending it with a, with a sprint. So I think everybody has seen on TV Extreme Home Makeover, which is a brilliant Mm -hmm. show. I know it's off the air, but let's just look at that and analyze it. Because what was happening here is a a home, a 3,000-square-foot home, move in, furniture, paint, everything was done, okay, in seven days. Extraordinary. And you have to sit back. If if you break it down, and I don't think anyone ever did, I think most people just waited for the bus to pull away and see how excited the family was. But the fact is, I mean, if you take it down and you break down that whole concept, you sit back and you realize, my God, a committed group of people could move mountains in seven days, could do extraordinary things. So I use the frame of reference of 100 days, and, and my idea was how can you get 10 years' worth of results in 100 days? If you were to deploy a, a, just a demonstrable offense and really did nothing okay, other than just one to three things on an ongoing basis each day straight on through, could you make the impossible possible? The answer is yes. I've seen it happen again and again and again and again to the extent of I've had people pay off their mortgages. I've had people lose upwards of 82 pounds in 100 days. I've had people pay off 50, 60 grand worth of debt in that period of time. Now, they've had vehicles to help them get there, but the fact is they never committed to the goal of getting it done. And, and I do believe in the same way that somebody could sign up for P90X and they could go from fat and flabby in 90 days and look fantastic, and there's a million different videos out there to demonstrate that, there's no reason why you can't do that with your sales result, with your debt reduction, with your improvement in your community, with the profitability of your business, with any goal that you want to set, that you, you just need to change the conversation in your mind and learn the right strategies to get it done. That's really amazing because I, I, I think that I've told myself – you know, I think that's probably common. We, we we give ourselves all kinds of excuses, right? And and like I think we can understand conceptually that, man, if my business did this and this and this, I'd be up to like uh, twenty, thirty grand a month in just this amount of time if I got these things done. I think conceptually, well before the starting line, people understand that kind of stuff when they get really excited about their business or whatever it is they're trying to achieve. But I think you're just talking about the disconnect between that and that decision. You said decide, right? I mean, what, can you talk more about that? Because it really is kind of elegant. It's creepily simple. I'm, I'm fear that it's a really, really simple thing, but it's very, very powerful, right? It is, and it, it, it's going to sound insulting, but it's the truth. So let's just get after it. Um, Listen, the reason why there's not more great marriages, great businesses, people in excellent physical shape, people, I mean, more millionaires, you name it. The reason why there's not more of all of this virtue and goodness and prosperity is simply because people don't want it badly enough. They haven't made the decision that this is what they want to do with their lives. So what they do is they sell themselves on a, on a litany of excuses, of outdated beliefs, on false assumptions, and as a result of it, they, you know, they, they end their lives with very few checks on the, on the scoreboard, and uh, you know, they, they settle for crumbs, for table scraps, rather than a robust meal. But here's, a, here's another way of looking at it, to even drive this stake further if that hasn't gotten a point home. 
We live in a world right now where we see breakthroughs, and I mean, and I'm not, I, I'm not throwing this word breakthrough around like people throw, you know, awesome chicken wings around. Okay, I'm talking real <laughs> breakthroughs. We're talking about we're, we're we're already seeing autonomous cars. Where during our lifetime, I grew up watching the Jetsons and couldn't even fathom this would happen. But we're gonna, I'm going to see cars driving around, planes, dri- planes driving without pilots, trucks delivering you know, produce without drivers. I'm going to see farm equipment literally plow hundreds, if not thousands, of, 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 um, of acreage without a single human being involved. Then you start to look at medicine, you start to look at science, you start to look at what's going on in terms of excursions to the moon and everything else. We're having breakthroughs in every industry. However, when it comes to human productivity, and by the way, some of those breakthroughs, we're talking technological. I mean, we're talking talking about Moore's Law and how fast things are moving. Well, just look at something like Google. You could organize. Gina's on the phone. Gina leverages their schedule. I learned that from her from watching what she's doing as to how to get more done. You don't have to deal with anybody, and people can pick the slot their time's in, and so forth. Um, now I've got 800,000 people or so on a mailing list uh, with one button at home in my shorts. I could, I could impact people in 80 different countries. What we can do today is astonishing, yet the belief system of the average, not just American, but the average human being on this planet is so juvenile, is so immature, is so outdated, and so, so limiting that it, it literally needs a complete overhaul. There is nothing, there is not a damn thing on this planet that prevents anybody okay, from achieving their 10-year goals in 100 days, other than the nonsense that goes on in their mind. Nothing. <laughs> well, I don't even know why we need another rest of the interview, because there you go. <laughs> There's a mic drop. Uh, but you're absolutely, I totally get that. I totally believe that. I watch people all the time doing they just get on mission they just they they just seem like they're in a zone they're in you know whatever other cliche metaphor i can use but they, they you know they don't respond to a bunch of fluffy stuff that's going on around them i can tell when one of my colleagues is on mission when i can't get them riled up on facebook or something if i'm just screwing around uh i can tell that they're not because they don't respond like they did and then a couple days maybe a week later i see why big giant launches going on they were working they were focused they were in the zone and they were going for it and i love that because they they, i like to know that they'll experience that with me at times too (laughs) and they understand and we get each other and we also sometimes have conversations about why some people don't get that like why it's frustrating because when you know how to get things done and how to really accomplish things um, you know, even if you're not like me, like nowhere near mastery level whatsoever, but it, it, we feel like sort of responsible in some way for other people. Like, why don't they get it? What can we do to help them get it? And so that's why I recommend your program. <laughs> I'm an affiliate, right? So I, mm-hmm. the reason that I do it is because I, that is why I get hurt somehow because I know we are all one. And so then that means a part of me in this world is not accomplishing, not achieving, not hitting their peak potential and and it hurts me, it affects me. And maybe some people would say, don't let that affect you. But it does. If I know the solution, I want to help. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I glommed onto your thing as soon as I found out about it. I'm like, here, here you go. This looks pretty darn simple. You just do this and and have somebody help you get those results. Whatever it was you didn't learn as a kid, whatever your parents didn't know so they couldn't teach you, um, you know, whatever it is, this could fill in that gap for you. And then you could turn your entire life around. Indeed you can, my man. Indeed you can. All right, where do we go from here? Because, man, I, th- I, f- I fear we, 
I fear we had our peak uh, experience already. That can't be possible, can it? <laughs> what do you need? What's, seriously, I mean, well, uh, there's so many ways to look at this, but let me let me give everybody perhaps even a little bit more background as to maybe why they might want to listen. Um, a number of years ago, in terms of setting up my own business, um, you know, I, I basically I, I always look for the question. I'm like, what's the question I need to focus on that would lead to the breakthrough? And for me, I was interested in two things. I was interested in how do I get access to the best practices? And I'm talking about the supreme definition of excellence, perfection, and execution. That was number one. Number two was how do I, how do I, how do I get as much reach by dealing with the fewest number of people? And that, made, that led me towards entertainers, led me towards athletes, led me towards high-performing you know, CEOs, executive-level folks who basically, with a single phone call or blog post or anything along that way, could move the needle. And I'm talking millions or tens of millions of people very quickly. Uh, so I've done a good job of networking in that way. Uh, as it comes back to the former, the first question, you know, as it relates towards execution and, 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 and getting the job done and what was the best example and how could I learn those strategies and get around these folks, uh, I've been working with Special Forces now for a decade. I'm talking, you know, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, uh, Army Rangers, and so forth, and Delta Force. And it doesn't get any better than this. Uh, anywhere in the world it doesn't get any better than this. And so I'm surrounded literally on a, on a daily, weekly basis with phone calls, emails, conference calls, or face-to-face in terms of Skypes with everything else with, with people that I'm working with at a high level who are executing these things, who are teaching these things uh, you know, consistently. So many of these have been adopted and built into the 100-day challenge. So as an example, let's just talk about speed. I mean, if you look at the you look at the seals, you sit back and say to yourself, I mean, these guys are lethal. They're hired to get a job. They're hired to get a job anonymously, so they're invisible. How do they get as close to a target without anyone even knowing them that they're there? How do they leave without even leaving? How do they get out of there without even leaving a trace? So we're talking about rapid insertion and rapid execution strategies. That's an art form in itself. And while I can't go into all those mm. details, I can tell you this. The, the, the reality comes down to this is that speed plays and patience, but speed plays a large part of this because when opportunity presents itself, you pounce. So let me focus in on one beautiful strategy that, that is adopted by, if you will, by every one of the special forces, and it comes directly from the animal kingdom. You know, scientists will study frogs and other animals for stickiness of their feet so they could figure out how on earth do these little creatures jump as far as they do or how do they stick and try to design products around those. Well, other people basically study animals, if you will, in order to see how do they execute, how do they feed their family. And if you look at the animal kingdom, you will notice that every animal instinct, okay, understands one word. It's pounce. And all you need to do is just watch, watch a bear on the side of a, of, of a stream as the salmon start jumping out of the water. When it pre- presents itself, they pounce on it. When an eagle basically goes across a riverbed looking for a fish, you will notice that those claws come out, and they will basically fly by at 40 miles an hour, and they will snap that sucker right out of the, right out of the water. You watch whether it's a cat and a mouse. You watch whether it's uh, – it doesn't really matter what the animal is. Turn on and watch a, a wildebeest and a lion in a, Ser- in a Serengeti. You'll see the exact same principle applies, that they act without hesitation. 
they act deliberately. They act intentionally, and they act with a, with a sense to win. So it is, does it look strong and ferocious and aggressive? Of course it does. But what can we learn from that? What we can learn from it is that opportunity is only available for so long. And the people who really understand, who understand how to win and win consistently, they're patient. They strategize. And when opportunity presents itself, they don't second-guess. They don't call their mother for advice. They don't go on Facebook and ask somebody. They pounce on it. They take advantage of it. They seize it. They play to win. And they don't even give failure an option, that the only, the only acceptable outcome is to succeed. And that's how these people really play. That's the truth of the matter. That's awesome. So I guess conversely you could say that uh, you're sitting in the um, you know, wildlife refuge as a grizzly bear right at the right at the falls. I think they're called Multnomah Falls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen them on the Internet. They watch the grizzlies just sit there, and it looks kind of, I mean, they're pouncing, but they've been there for millennia, and they know every year that the salmon come upstream and they start popping out of the water. And the videos that everybody likes to watch are the ones where it pops right in the grizzly's mouth. Yep. Like the grizzly just moves his head a little bit, and that giant salmon just pops right in his mouth. And what that video didn't show was all the other stuff, <laughs> all the other times where that grizzly was pouncing on an opportunity, but it took some effort and it took some training, you know, to be in the right place at the right time and to know what to do. And finally this year, he's an accomplished salmon catcher, you know. But could you talk about that a little bit? Because a lot of people are – I feel like a lot of people live in highlight mode, like – they don't understand that everybody's Facebook feed is a highlight of their lives. It's not all the work that they did to get there. It wasn't the plane trip there. They didn't film any of that stuff. They filmed the, the end goal, the outcome. And I wonder how many people feel like, I don't want to do all this work because on, you know, all the experiences around me are teaching me that things can happen instantly and that salmon can just pop right into my mouth like bonbons. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, okay, Here, here's, uh, here's, here's a good way of looking at it. Everybody who's a professional started off as an amateur. Everybody at the front of the line started off at the back of the line. It's just the way that it goes. Uh, in order to get to the top of the ladder, you've got to start at the bottom of the ladder. You just you go up the, the rungs. Some people are able to jump some of those rungs quicker, but that's just the process, the way that it works. Here's the deal in life, and this is the thing that's most important. There's two mentalities, and one of them is completely dysfunctional, but unfortunately it's where the vast majority live. There's process and there's results, outcome, if you will. Now, what we see on TV, as you were just mentioning before, just and I, I brought it up, was about the idea of salmon and a bear. But let's just even go something as, as benign as looking at MTV and they show uh, cribs and they show people going through somebody's house and there's you know, 12 cars out and outside and uh, you know, nothing but 25 bottles of Cristal at, at, at 300 bucks a clip in the refrigerator. You know, it's just silly, nonsense stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what, they, what they do is they glamorize the end result. They glamorize the cherry on top, the sprinkles, but they don't, they don't show the hard work. They don't show the suffering. They don't show the sacrifice. They don't show the, the moaning and complaining and, the, and the, 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 the days of bad luck and you know fighting and slogging along and the rejection and everything that comes along with it. They just show the outcome. The problem with that, and that's true of every show where everything runs and ends happily ever after. Well, it doesn't always end that way. The deal is this. Most people are focused in on process, they, and the process that people want is fun, quick, easy, overnight, 
convenient, and without pain, without suffering, and without cost. That's it. That's the reality of it. And this is why you could watch any commercial on TV, and they'll always tell you the same thing. It's fast. It's quick. It's easy. It's convenient. It's overnight. You could eat everything you want and still lose weight. And it just lies after lies after lies. Why? Because there's a sucker born every minute. I mean, people get exactly, you know, they're being told exactly what they want to. And that's what we would need to put emphasis on, what they want to hear. People want to hear fast, quick, easy, convenient, and overnight. Those people, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> all I can say is you, you get what you pay for, get what you're looking for. The reality is in life, you know, there is pain, there is suffering, there is sacrifice. So let's just put suffering in equation for just a moment into, into the conversation. People look at suffering as a negative word, but the fact is there's two types of suffering. There's the suffering cost of success and there's the suffering cost of failure. It is impossible to achieve anything without suffering, without pain, and it is impossible to fail without suffering and without pain. So as an example, if you don't suffer the price of, of discipline when it comes to, let's just say, in saving and investing your money and doing it right and, and looking, at, looking at it over the long term through compounded you know, interest and so forth, you're probably going to suffer the indignity of, of being in a bad financial position when you're 60, when you're 70, when you try to get retirement age, because you didn't exercise a little bit of suffering on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis by, by basically kind of putting some money aside. So you're going to pay a tremendous amount of suffering on the back end. It gets multiplied. So suffering either diminishes over time or it increases over time. And unfortunately, most people find themselves because they want immediate gratification and so forth, that they, they sacrifice the future, don't even worry about it at this point in time, but that pain, that pain issue will always come back, and it'll come back like a jackhammer, it really will. Yeah. It, we're gluttons for it sometimes, it seems like. Uh, we, we, nobody would, would admit to it, probably, very easily anyway, that we're gluttons for it, but our actions sure do sometimes just tell us everything, right? I mean, you must be a glutton for this because you keep doing the same thing. Um, and maybe you're even expecting a different result, but I'm not even sure about that sometimes. <laughs> so there, there really is, I mean, there's, there's people who are listening and who, who, you know, are like, yeah, yeah, okay, so what? Those people exist. I'm not one of those people. I'm driven. I need some guidance. I, need, I, I want to I know what you've got for me that would would make the change because I'm open to it. I'm not trying to be a glutton for, for the, you know, suffering and pain. I want to make a difference and I want to break out. And you're saying that people can do that in 100 days and you have the 100-day challenge. So maybe we can go in that direction and talk a little bit more in depth about what happens during a 100-day challenge. Well, you know, you asked me a question earlier and I didn't really answer it. It doesn't even take 100 days. It takes a day. It takes a moment. It takes literally a decision. So here's what I'm getting at. Um, you could read study after study, and, and no one has this effectively documented, but I'm going to tell you what the answer is. People will tell you it'll take 30 days to break a habit, 21 days, 45 days, 77 days, all over the place. It's all nonsense. It's a bunch of crap. The answer is it takes a moment. It takes a decision. It, it, takes, uh, it, it takes emotional maturity for you to wake up, grow up, and decide that your current ways of thinking and behaving is not working and you're going to do something differently. So as an example, if you're a waiter or a waitress and you get the worst tips on the table, just uh, you know, if there's 12 waitresses or waiters at a restaurant and you're on the low end of the equation, you could change that immediately and be the highest rated one tonight. So I'm telling you that you could probably, you could increase your income 10 times by what I'm about to say, and you could do it in a day. 
All you need to do is decide that the next person who walks in that door comes to your table, you're going to treat them like royalty. You're going to treat them like a long-lost friend. You literally are, it's going to be like lights on Broadway. It, you're going to make their experience so enjoyable, so much fun, so engaging that they want to come back, they want to ask your table, they want to help you out, and they're going to give you a nice big fat tip. It, it, it astounds me how many people you can go into a, into a hospital who these people are, are supposed to care for you, and it seems like they, they show no emotions. They can care less. You go into a restaurant, and the waiters or waitresses act as if you are a mere inconvenience to, 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 for them to get out the door to end their day. Um, they don't, it's like their entire perspective has to change. So what I'm getting at here is even getting in shape. Listen, it's not that you're going to lose 50 pounds overnight, but you, you need to make the decision and look in the mirror. Look at a picture of yourself or get exhausted walking your kid up the stairs. Bend over, split your pants. Somebody is going to get motivated because they're pissed off. And let's just – I think that's the bigger thing we need to look at here, okay? You know, people will always tell you that there's two strong motivators. There's the – I don't know. There's the desire. There's the desire to be, have, and do. Well, let's just cut right to it. Now, I'm not a cold and sensitive guy. I'm very pragmatic, and I understand human behavior. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't give, I don't give BS an ounce of my own life or anyone else. Here's the thing. If desire was strong enough for every human being, and you could name anyone, I'm telling you right now, they would already be skinny, happy, and rich. They had everything that they want. And the fact is the reason why people are underperforming, the reason why people are overweight, people, it, 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 it's simply because they haven't decided they want the opposite strongly enough. So what's the, what's the motivator? The motivator is going to come in the form of embarrassment, of pain, of suffering, of having no options, of being thrown out of their house, or their wife saying they want a divorce, or their kids saying, you know what, you're a lousy dad. Something, something is going to strike a nerve with that person in the same way that I know I've heard basketball players and boxers and people say, you're too tall, you're too short, or you're a girl, or you're a boy, or you're, you're, a, you're, you're a this or that, and, you know, and, and they basically just buckled up and they got pissed off and they said, I'll show you exactly what I'm capable of doing. And that becomes the trigger. And, and I think that's the mm. thing that's missing. That's what's missing in most li people's lives. What is the emotional trigger? And I am telling you right now that desire is not strong enough. It is just not. So what we have to realize is that that trigger for most people is going to come from discomfort, from pain. Listen, the reason why people are going to sign up for the 100-day challenge, let's just cut this right down the middle of the plate. 265 days are down, okay, in just a few hours. 100 days to go. The, mo the main reason why people are going to sign up is because they had 265 days to be at the top of their game, to be skinny, to be happy, to be rich, to hit their sales goal, to perform, to do this and that, and they're underperforming. They're not where they said they were going to be. They set resolutions and they're way off target. And they realize that their back is against the wall. They've got no more other options, and they need a massive kick in the tail. They need discipline. They need accountability. They need daily deadlines. They need a plan, and they need somebody to help them drive there to get it done. That's the reason why I created the program. And and those are the people who are going to benefit the most from it, who finally take it seriously and wake up and realize that, you know what, it is a drop-dead date. There are only 100 days in the year. It is put-up or show-up time. And regardless of what happened the last 265 days, there's still time on the clock. I could still close this gap. The game is not over. So that's the mindset you want to be able to bring to it in order to get maximum value. That's awesome. And wow, because I mean, I think a lot of times we're we're stuck in a in a weird kind of I always call it dirty and lukewarm bathwater. You're not having a pleasant experience in life, but you don't want to get out of that tub either. There's something like that in between state where uh, 
you know, there needs to be some kind of a catalyst there, right? And and for too many people, I think it's that there isn't enough, you know, driving thing. Nobody's pissing them off really enough, or if things aren't getting bad enough for them to hop out of that dirty bathwater and do something about whatever it is that they're 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 anxious about, right? So it's like, do people? I mean, what are what, what if somebody's in that state right now listening to this show? And it's like, yeah, I know this is all true. I've known this for a long time. I could be doing better. I could be accomplishing my goals. And what you said just now is really important, and that's kind of getting me out of the bathtub because it's, you know, i got 100 days left. What did I do with the 265 I've already used? And why am I not where I want to be? That kind of is intriguing me, but push them over the top a little bit more there because I feel like people are just in enough comfort zone, just barely enough to stick where they are, and they need a real slap in the butt to <laughs> get them going. What What have you done to, in the, all of these years that you've been doing this, to get people over that hump? Or do you just primarily concern yourself with people who are ready, who are already pissed off or whatever it might be? It's you know it's it, you can't just go down the street and find those people. So I, I guess I, I have to, I have to look at this as a marketer and as a again as a pragmatic businessman and as a human being. There's some people who you just you just don't want who don't want your help, uh, who think they could do it on their own, uh, and who wind up continue to repeat the same behavior. And, and unfortunately, the only time they turn things around is when they hit rock bottom. So who am I talking about here? Let's the worst case scenario is anybody who has an addiction. And that could be to porn, it could be to it could be to food, it could be to all drugs, alcohol, gambling, or anything. Uh, and until and unless these people lose their family, lose their house, destroy their reputation, have no money, eating out of a garbage can, completely embarrassed and humiliated, and they're ashamed to their family and so forth, and they realize that you know what, um, I, I made some bad choices. I, I have no other option. The only I, I have to reach up to touch bottom. Uh, the only way they're going to change. Is is quite frankly is is by really getting pissed off at themselves and saying I got myself here and I've got to get myself out and they're adopt and they're finally going to adopt what everyone's been telling them for ten or twenty years. That's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is just this. Okay, who are the people who get the most out of this program? Who will benefit the most? And the reality is, okay, somebody who already has ambition, somebody who already has goals, somebody who already understands discipline and focus and, and the importance of execution, they're going to benefit from this because they've already got the wheels in motion. They just need to learn some new strategies, get some ideas. And, and, and that's really what it comes down to because your life essentially and your results will continue to be the same except for, really, except for the new tricks, if you will, the new things that you're introduced to, whether it's a system, whether it's a process, whether it's a strategy or an individual or somebody's doing something, and you're exposed to it. If you are not, you will repeat history again and again and again. So those are the folks who are going to benefit. Now we go to the middle part, the in-between, what, what comes down to it. You don't, all, all you can do, I mean, all you can do, and if you look at the distribution of wealth, is make something available, is to explain something. And I want to explain it with this one example, and I think it's the only thing that I can say. The greatest gap that exists in people's lives, and let me even preface it by saying this, the highest form of ignorance is to discount something that you know nothing about. Let's just, I'm going to repeat that. The highest form of ignorance is to discount something you know nothing about. So if someone's listening right now and they're saying, I understand goal setting, I understand the 100HL, I understand the whole concept, no, you don't. 
you don't understand this program. You have no comprehension until you participate in it, really understand what this is all about and how it works. Here's what I do want to say to that person. The biggest gap that exists in people's lives is the gap between knowing and doing. Everybody intellectually knows. They know the importance of deadlines. They've been told that since they were a little kid. They know discipline. They understand focus. They understand commitments and promises. And, 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 and don't say anything. If you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. They learned that from Thumper in the Disney movie at five years old. Okay. <laughs> yet, we, yet we have a, a very mean-based, sarcastic society who can't help themselves by going out and typing crap on Twitter and everywhere else. Okay. So that's a perfect example. But the reality is this. The biggest gap that exists is the gap between knowing what to do and actually doing it. So the three magic words are behavior never lies. You either enforce disciplines or you do not. You either have character or you do not. You either enforce commitment or you do not. There is no gray matter when it comes to these things. It's just a, you're, it's like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either committed or you're not. You're either disciplined or you're not. That's just the reality of it. And the, the only distinction, or should we say the main differential, is the gap between knowing that it's important and actually doing it. And that is the biggest gap that exists in, 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 the, human, in the entire realm of human performance and every discipline of human performance is the gap between knowing and doing. Awesome. You reminded me of uh, some a conversation I had with Randy Gage years ago, and he had just finished telling his story in uh, an interview when I was doing website chats, and uh, and it, it included the bankruptcy story, which is just almost a cliche at this point. You know, rags to riches always starting with modern stories of bankruptcy. Then, then it happened. Then the trigger happened. So we're talking about the people again on the lower end of the the spectrum that needs some sort of like real disaster in their lives to happen, or at least, I, I, so I asked him, I was like, so do you believe after telling your story so many years and what's happened to you and then meeting just hundreds and hundreds of people who have similar stories, who have rags to riches themselves as well in similar ways, you told your bankruptcy story, do you think that it might be possible to ask this? Because I didn't think, I, I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want to hear his answer if his answer was yes and his answer was yes. People do, he strongly believes that people do have to go through some sort of a radical, at least most people do, radical experience like that in order to kick themselves or have life kick them in the butt so hard that, you know, the only way they can bounce is up. You know, there's no other direction to go. They hit rock bottom, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that answer. Because that's really kind of depressing a little bit when you think about, like, you know, do people really need that? But you've clearly stated that, that there's, there's something to that today. And, um, and it, it would take a remarkable person who's fairly comfortable right now but has really big goals but hasn't made the connection between knowing and doing, yet maybe today that's that day. And then it sure is nice that somebody out there like you has some way that they can, they can be guided along in that. Because the other thing that you said earlier that was really important to me is a lot of people thinking that they know all of those things that we were taught when we were kids conceptually and that I can do this myself. And I, yeah. th I think Dr. Phil probably say right there, how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Here's, here's a good way of, of looking at it from the standpoint of gaps, highs and lows in life. This may be helpful. 
Um, yeah, from, from the standpoint in terms of elevation and so on and so forth, the highest point on Earth, if you, if you take the time and just think about that, okay, is Mount Everest. It's 29,029 feet. It's out in the Himalayas. It's just in, you know, a few people each year wind up making it to the top of it. The greatest valley, if you will, just the opposite, the lowest point on Earth is the Dead Sea, okay? And uh, that's, that's just what it is, man. It's, it is the Dead Sea. Nothing could live there except salt-loving bacteria. And that happens to basically be about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the number is somewhere in the neighborhood of like of uh, 1,700 feet or that would be below sea level. Or it should be 2,300 feet below sea level. Um, and, and so the, the greatest gap between those two, if you will, in terms of the highs and lows on Earth, is really is, just, uh, is, is pretty substantial, if you will, over 30,000 feet. What is, how do you equate that to life? What's the gap and so on and so forth? Here's the thing. Everyone's going to be somewhere in between. They're going to be at the rock bottom, okay, in the Dead Sea where really nothing's really going on. Everything is, quite frankly, has come to, a, come to the bottom of the pit or they could slowly start to work their way up. The beautiful part about this, and, and I think this is the great part about it, is people are trained and they think the way that we were brought up is the way that we have to still operate. As an example, first grade, second grade, third grade, okay? Then we go to, you know, the rungs of the ladder. You've got to step on one rung and the next rung and the next one. Then you start to look at all of the different things in terms of the way the world works. Uh, everyone has a tendency of thinking in a very, very sequential manner, okay? And, uh, you know, it's kind of, or, you know, a linear manner. Just, it's got to be one step after the next, A, B, C, and so on and so forth. But there's, there's no rationale. There's no reason for that. There's no reason why you can't be making quantum leaps and going from the lowest pit and all of a sudden jumping up to the fifth level, the tenth level, or all of a sudden eventually getting to the top of the pier. And there's a lot of baseball teams, we've seen this happen, where you go from worst place to first, from the bottom, you know, the, the outhouse to the penthouse. These things are not just trite sayings. This is the truth. This is the reality. I do believe, and I've seen it happen, that you could turn your life around in 100 days. What you need is you need intense desire. You need, you need a disciplined program. You really do. You've got to follow it. And then most importantly, you've got to do the hard work necessary in order to make it happen. You're not going to get a free ride. You're not going to get a mulligan. No one's going to give it to you. You've got to pay the price. But the fact is, if the desire is there, what I'm telling you right now is the system is there, the deadline is there, the, the, everything that you need in terms of turning your life around quickly is literally, okay, just a few hours away from going live. That's just the truth of the matter. We have a, a couple of minutes left, and I don't know if it's possible to do this, but you're a well-practiced person. You've seen lots and lots of case studies. What's your favorite uh, business-related um, story from your 100-day challenge? What, what's, give us a little example or a taste of someone who, um, who did it, who really did it and came out the other side and was like, holy crap, I cannot believe what I just did, and that you were yeah. so proud of them that you told the story from there. Yeah, uh, his name, as a matter of fact, he emailed me this morning. He emailed me from uh, from riding his bike to uh, some peak in, in Boulder, Colorado. Um, here's the Independence Hill, I think it was, whatever case, the Independence Pass. Um, and there's Michael Wilcox, um, Sarasota, Florida, uh, exterminator, uh, pest exterminator business. And uh, in his late 40s, was knew that the chemicals were starting to affect him because he'd been doing it for over 20 years, and he wanted to get out. He One, he hated the business. Number two, uh, he knew it was having an impact on himself. And number three, he didn't want to spend his entire life um, basically just you know spraying pest control uh, yeah, stuff. So um, he yeah. got together, and he called me. 
And uh, he said, here's the deal. So I said, all right, Michael, I said, uh, I'm going to make this real simple for you. I said, what I want you to do, I want you to realize, I said, this is a Watergate problem. I said, I just remember what Watergate was all about. Just follow the money. I said, you need to look at your money. You need to look at how money is generated in your business. You need to change your business model, and you need to change it today. He's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm going to give you one suggestion, and it should spark everything else. And I said, I said, you don't have you didn't you told me that you have all of these customers and they love you, but you don't have monthly, quarterly, or annual type of fees. 